And I didn't see the guy. And I came home and I know I threw it on the counter. And she can't find me anywhere. So I'm out here looking at a trash bag from last night. Yeah. Ah, my damn flashlight just went out. Oh, man. Well, you know what? It's getting ridiculous. I can't find it. Shot the no better than to give me things. Seriously. I'm responsibility. <laughs> That's her mistake. Seriously, don't people know better? West oh, does two man. things. Shows up, knocks it out of the park. That's it. Well, I do. Don't ask me to carry the water, folks. That's not what I do. I drink water. Lots uh, and lots of water. Lots of water. Gotta stay hydrated. All about that hydration. Mm, big time. Hydrations. So I do love... I do love... I don't remember what you mentioned last week. Oh, I know what it was. I love that we made like multiple predictions last week. And after within like 12 hours of the podcast, all of them were wrong. It was I was like, yeah, maybe Ten Hog backs out of the United job. United confirms Ten Hog. Yeah, I don't know. Ronaldo might be done for the season at United. Ronaldo will start against Arsenal. Well, we tried. The only one I might have got close on was saying that Pogba might be out the rest of the season. Yeah, that's true. That got nailed down, true. So, but I mean, that was that was like the layup of layups. Yeah, that was less a prediction and just a a a fact ahead of time. Yeah, that was more of a oh wow. So you watch football? Good for you. <laughs> Congratulations, you you picked Captain Obvious out of the lineup. Good job, Nostradamus. See, man, if I just keep throwing them out there. It's like baseball, you know, I can hit 300 and go to the Hall of Fame, so. There you go. That's all you need. Well, at least back in the old days. Now it comes down to my metrics, my war, my mm-hmm. saber, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gone are the days you could just be a baller. <sighs> Shot collar. That was me. That was me. Yeah, that was the old days. I could just say random things and get away with it. <laughs> Life was good. Now people want things like facts and backing up what you say. How, how dare they? How dare they? You will get none of that on episode 412 of the Foreign Affair podcast. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We go big time off of memes and things that we heard secondhand. Absolutely, because we're not going to hear anything firsthand unless it's about Rocky Mountain football. Um, yeah, welcome. Right. I promise you folks that I will not fact check 90% of the things I say. It's true. I will only fact check about half of that. Um, welcome on in, everyone. I'm Edward Green. Joined as always by McCullen Crime, West Bradshaw. And uh, we have a big episode for you today. We have the first leg of the Champions League semifinals take place over the last couple of days. So we'll be discussing those. Uh, some exciting stuff there, uh, as well as the Premier League, which is careening towards the end game. Uh, we also have a little bit of news and notes. Um, we will be, oh, I, I have a feeling we're going to be pimping the athletic pretty good this week. And, uh, and then we'll end things off with a little bit of the watch four. all right. So let's jump right into it. The week that was in the prem <sighs> Burnley strong Burnley two nil over Southampton. Not, not, not six this time given up by Southampton, just two at turf more as Burnley etches ever closer to possibly getting another year of safety in the Premier League, which Wes Wes takes absolutely no pleasure in. Absolutely. (laughs) Because he's giggling like a schoolgirl. So again, that was Thursday as NBC Sports website, you know, fails. There we go. Uh, Saturday, Arsenal uh, attempted to cement their place in the top four uh, with a 3-1 win over United, uh, which again, 
no, no laughing from Wes on that one. Uh, Ronaldo did have a goal in his return in his first match after the untimely and unfortunate death of his child. Um, and he was able to contribute the goal, but it was not enough for United as they lost to Arsenal. And you know that when Granit Xhaka is scoring goals, things have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, Leicester and Aston Villa played to a nil-nil draw. Trust us, it happened. City uh, pounds Watford 5-1, sending Watford almost into the grave uh, and back to the championship. Gabriel Jesus with the Hattie, plus one. We call that a golden sombrero. Uh, he single-handedly destroyed Watford on the day. Hey, maybe, maybe he should have played in you know other important matches for City this year. Who knows? Um, Newcastle beats Norwich 3-0. Uh, Chulinton with the brace just six minutes apart. And then maybe again, one of the buys of the year, Bruno Guimarath with a goal in the 49th minute for Newcastle, the Brazilian coming good for the tune army. And then Brentford in the dramatic return of Christian Eriksen against his former club Tottenham produces a nil nil draw. It also happened. It was just slightly more disappointing for Tottenham. Uh, but Brentford uh, does look like they'll be staying up. Uh, pretty much officially now as they have hit the 40-point mark. Um, Chelsea, late winner on Sunday against West Ham, thanks to the American dream, Christian Pulisic. His goal in the 90th minute propelled Chelsea out of their death spiral and firmly into the top four. And then Burnley, oh, Burnley capturing hearts. Wolves doing their part to uh, to keep Burnley up as Burnley wins 1-0 on Sunday. That's six points in the week that was for Burnley as uh, they're trying to do it. They're trying. Uh, Brighton and Hove and Southampton played to a 2-2 draw. Uh, Brighton with the goals in the first half. Southampton with the goals in the second half through a brace from James Ward-Prowse uh, as they split the points at the Amex. And then in the Merseyside Derby, one team was crying mercy as uh, two second-half goals from Liverpool sunk Everton further into relegation. Andrew Robertson, and, you know, again, he doesn't do much, but when he does, it seems to be impactful. Divock Origi's goal in the 85th minute, clinching the points of the day for Liverpool as they keep pace with the citizens. And then finally on Monday, Palace and Leeds also played to a nil-nil draw. Trust us, that happened. Um, and then we are recording this on Wednesday night, so you, Manchester United versus Chelsea hasn't yet happened on Thursday. So Wes, that was the week that was in the Prem. Uh, I know multiple things probably shooting out at you right now. Where do you where do you want to take us? Just to speak quickly on that Manchester United Chelsea match. Uh, good three points by Chelsea. Um, you know, R- Ronaldo missing both those penalties just that's mm. crazy, man. Crikey. Never expected that. It's all Ralph Randnick's fault. Never forget that. <laughs> um, man, where do we go back to? Burnley doing their thing, just super freaking impressive. Sean Dyke's leaving. Everybody like, what are they doing? Oh, they're it's too late. No, they're getting the manager bounce. They're getting it at the perfect time. Yeah. Um, and they are currently ahead of Everton on points. Everton though does have the match in hand. Of course, unfortunately for Everton, that means they have to play the match in hand. So. <laughs> You know, that doesn't really work too well for them. Uh, City just taking Watford apart. No help from Uncle Woolley on mm-hmm. that end. Go figure. Uh, Roy Hodgson, even not being the manager, still can't help Liverpool. So. <laughs> um, Newcastle. Yeah. We'll touch on Newcastle. Sure. Since the beginning, I believe the number is in this calendar year, the only team that has scored more points in the Premier League, I think, have been City and Liverpool. That's probably true because I've seen like the the ones I've seen since like the the Conte took over Tottenham, it's like mm-hmm. City, Liverpool, and Spurs up there. So it wouldn't shock me though, uh, in this calendar year if Newcastle's already up there. I would believe that. Yeah. So um you know, Newcastle, you know, everybody talking about the Liverpool run-in. And Liverpool's got to go to Newcastle. That's going to be a noon kickoff. And when I say noon kickoff, I mean a noon British kickoff, 7.30 yes. for us here on the East Coast. <clears throat> um, Jurgen Klopp has never, ever come out and said anything about Premier League scheduling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I can never remember by any means, you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
he's he's not exactly pleased that he had to play a Wednesday night Champions League game and then turn around and play the freaking noon game on Saturday. But <laughs> yeah, I can't exactly say that I I disagree with him there at all. Mm-hmm. But that's the uh, cards they've been dealt. And Newcastle, you know, you look at this early in the season, you're like, oh, fine, Newcastle, no big deal. Yeah, this uh, this is one Liverpool's Liverpool's definitely got to be ready when they go to uh, to uh, Tyneside this weekend. Mm. So big, 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 big Saturday match coming up. Um, yeah, I mean, then we'll talk about the big match of the weekend. Um, you know, Crystal Palace nil leads nil. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about it, man. The Merseyside Derby. Um, wow. Yeah. All I can say is Frank Lampard <laughs> learned from the master. Um, you know, all those years playing for Mourinho, <laughs> uh, he he learned how to. You know, no one has ever parked a bus like Jose Mourinho. That's true. Here's here's the big difference. When Jose Mourinho parked the bus, he had like one of those big, you know, nice trailway buses. You know, the kind that you mm-hmm. know you you used to you used to go on your tours of America on big, long, luxurious. Had the nice bathroom in them, all that stuff. Unfortunately for Frank Lampard, he was driving like the short bus. <laughs> Can I stop you for just one second? Go right ahead. So, do you remember last week when we were talking about uh, the Liverpool United match? Up and everything. And I brought out the stat of, like, passes complete in the game just to show how dominant Liverpool had been. I just really want to quickly read off the passing statistics for this match. Because, again, we said United didn't show up last week, and I think they still completed, like, 240-some passes or something. Um, Liverpool in this match completed 732 passes. Everton completed 109. Now, now I don't remember exactly how much stoppage time was at the end of each half. Let's, let's just say for the hell of it, let's say it was three minutes per. That's 96 minutes. They barely completed one pass a minute. Please continue. Um, Allen, their uh, midfielder, mm-hmm. completed two passes in the game, and they were both off of the kickoff <laughs> after Liverpool scored. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, as we were saying, Frank Lampard sent his short bus out. Yeah. They parked it, but um, it just felt like it, it. It felt like, especially once the second half got there, it felt like the breakthrough was coming, <clears throat> and it um, it finally did. Andy Robertson in the 62nd minute, um, after the introduction of uh, Luis Diaz which was a really, really big moment in that match. Luis Diaz and, oh, of course, cometh the man, cometh the Divac. Um, <laughs> Divac Origi, Diaz both coming on, and they proved immediate. Um, yeah, immediately, they were guys who came and contributed. Uh, Origi, Origi basically, he didn't get the assist on the first goal, but it was his um, interplay with Mo Salah that set up the Robertson goal. And then, of course, um, in the 85th minute, Divock heading home and doing what he does best, and that's uh, breaking Blue's heart. <laughs> I believe he's played Everton 10 times and now has six goals against him. <laughs> I mean, that dude's pissed, man. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember back. It was Klopp's first season at the club. He had come in, mm-hmm. and Divock Origi, near the end of the year, had found, like, the best form he ever had for Liverpool. He was scoring goals. He was setting people up. He was playing great. And then a late-season Merseyside derby, and uh, that piece of shit, uh, Funes Moray. 
I remember this. Yes. Went in just a typical, typical Everton uh, unnecessary violent challenge that basically once again went unpunished because, you know, how dare we punish anyone for this mm-hmm. shit? Um, broke. God, I can't remember if it fucked up ligaments or if it broke Origi's ankle. But basically, he lost Origi for the rest of the year, and that's what that's the season Liverpool went to the Europa final. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Divock Origi was the guy who was putting in the goals and kind of carrying Liverpool there. So it was a huge loss. Um, and after that, it took Origi a long time to get himself really back into some form. I uh, had mm-hmm. that horrible loan spell at Wolfsburg. Um, you know, it's always been rumored to be leaving the club. Man, since then, it's like he's just buckled down and just tortures Everton at every turn. My God, who could love a man anymore for doing anything than torturing Everton? Yeah, I actually uh, just rewatched it. What a horrible tackle. Yeah, I think he might have gotten a yellow card for it. I don't think. I mean, he deserved like a double red for that shit. <laughs> Fuck Everton. Um, in this match, uh, Everton were at their absolute time-wasting best. Um, Richarlison was the pantomime villain of everyone's nightmares. Uh, Anthony Gordon, who was kind of the lone bright spot on the day for Everton, even he kept getting in on the act. Uh, he, he basically may have lost himself a penalty later on by his earlier actions. Uh, with his flopping and his diving, he did receive a yellow card for simulation. Um, but then, oh, the worst of them all. That little pricking goal. <laughs> Jordan Pickford. <sighs> decided late in the first half to take a, a ball that wasn't even shot at him, just rolled to him. And he decided to go down all the way onto his stomach in uh, the the slow falling motion. And then, and this to me, this was the kiss of death for Everton. Everton had really stuck to their game plan and done a really good job to this point of doing what they were doing, which was frustrating Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Jordan Pickford looked at the Liverpool sideline smiled and and right then it's like alright everything's fine this dude done fucked up and that's exactly what happened it is so glorious to watch um, Divock Origi put that second one by Jordan Pickford his little T-Rex arms <laughs> oh man I tell you I, I'm, I'm excited now because once Everton go down the championship there's no freaking way Pickford can stay to England number one is it? <laughs> It's a double win for Wes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Send them down. You know, there was a part of me that was like, oh, well, you know, Scousers, oh, you know, we got to stick together, you know, da, da, da. No, not after this week. After this week, it's like, send that ass down. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, man, Everton are in a lot of trouble. Yeah. If they they go down, you know, it seems like it'd be, oh, they'll pop right back up. I don't know. Everton are in trouble if they go down. There is there is financial issues that are starting there right now. So much money has just been literally thrown into a barrel and set on fire around that place. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad, man. It's bad. And if they go down, so apparently they um, someone confirmed that none of their players have the uh, the relegation clause you know a lot of a lot of the clubs especially clubs near the bottom they put a relegation clause into their players contracts where if they get basically to save themselves financially if they get relegated that um you know the player may all the players on their team their salary may be cut say just for example 20 percent if they get relegated into the championship Mm-hmm. And apparently Everton does not have that. And Everton's got a lot of big earners on that club. Yeah. I mean, Everton would buy, I think Everton would by far be the most expensive team to ever go down. And, and, and yeah. I mean, they're in trouble. You take a look at their schedule coming up. 
Oh, it's it's bad. I have it up in front of me now. Go for it. Uh, so we this Sunday, uh, home against Chelsea. Next Sunday, uh, away to Leicester. Then midweek at Watford. Uh, then on Sunday, uh, home against Brentford. Then midweek, yeah. uh, home against Palace. And then they finish off the season on Championship Sunday at the Emirates against Arsenal. Um, well, team that's going to be fighting for the top four that day, probably. Exactly. Uh, Watford, I mean, Watford... Watford may already be pretty much down by the point they play them, but I mean, Watford could maybe still give them an issue. Uh, we know Brentford have been playing much better since they got Erickson. Uh, Chelsea and Leicester are obviously no jokes. Alice has been good at times. And then, like mm-hmm. you said, Arsenal might be playing for a Champions League spot. I, 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 don't, I don't see that many points for Everton in their last six. Uh, um, that Watford match is going to be a big one for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe see what they can do with Leicester if Leicester are still in the um, they're still in Europa Conference, I believe. Yeah, they are. They um, as we as you folks are listening to this, you probably already know they've played Roma in the first leg of that semifinal. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe they're. Thinking about that. Um, but man, Everton have left themselves in a really shit situation. And on top of the fact that Frank Lampard's your manager. Yeah. And if there's a more overrated English manager out there right now, I don't know who it is. Um, and Frank Lampard's ridiculous. I mean, again, all, all, you, all you have to do is look at who will be playing in the midweek the final time. I mean... Patrick Vieira, someone we kind of were like, at, when he was appointed this past summer, we were like, okay, I, you know, I, I guess that that's fine. And he has done a very, very good job at Palace this year. A Palace that like rebuilt most of its roster. Like yeah. Patrick Vieira has done a bang up job. And so when those, when you see those two against each other, it's, it's night and day. And you think about, it, I mean, Palace basically rebuilt from Roy Hodgson's palace. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like this was a young, exciting, flying team. I mean, mm-hmm. this was Roy Hodgson's palace. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've done a fantastic job. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Everton, you know, a month ago we were kind of giggling about it. Yeah. Now suddenly we're looking at six matches to go and we're like, because Burnley's suddenly taking care of business. Yeah, that's the big, that's the other big thing. You know, I, I mean, if Burnley can find another win somewhere. Well, and here, and I will go real quick through their remaining opponents. So this Saturday, they have five matches left. This Saturday, they have Watford. Um, so a win oh. could actually be good for them, but also could actually like pretty much knock Watford out. So who knows? Uh, but maybe a, a Watford with nothing to play for is dangerous too. Who knows? Um, then, uh, they get Aston Villa at home. Uh, they go to Tottenham. Then the final midweek, they play Villa again. That will be at Villa. And then they end the season, uh, at home against Newcastle. Um, and, and while we have been praising Newcastle and I actually looked up that, uh, Premier League points in 2022 stat, I'll give that later. Um, Newcastle that Sunday will not have anything to play for period. They are, they are up. They're staying up. They're good to go. They're not playing for Europe. So while Newcastle will be good, it, they will have nothing to play for. Um, just Aston Villa will have nothing to play for. So at this point, it's pretty much Watford, Spurs, and that's it. Those are the teams that have still have stuff to play for. Oh, yeah. So like I said, Everton can have their match in hand all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, Everton are in trouble right now. Realize I don't. What's Frank Lampard ever shown anyone to think that he can fix this all of a sudden? I don't know. I mean, Lampard did a pretty good job at Derby in the championship, and then took over a loaded Chelsea team that 
he was so bad that they got rid of him and went one Europe. Well, and and speaking of Derby, Wayne Rooney did a great job there against very terrible odds this year. Almost kept them up after a, after a major point deduction. You know, he had them playing at the level where without the deduction, Derby Derby's still in the championship. So I I I think that's you know there's there's a lot of like these young English managers Gerard Rooney Vieira that you can look at and be like yeah you know you know they're uh, they're doing pretty well and then Lampard is just like what are you even doing here dude oh yeah I mean when you, when you look at Derby down there <clears throat> you know you take the points into account where they are they're 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 one point out of last place. This is a team they've won thirteen, drawn thirteen, lost eighteen. They have a minus nine goal differential. I mean, the the next closest team, Hull, is minus eight goal differential. They have fifty points and have won one more game than Derby. I mean, mm-hmm. but they're like nineteen points apart in the table due to that goal or due yeah. to that uh, point deduction. Yeah. So, you know, really unfortunate for Derby. But yeah, Wayne Rooney, of all people, Wayne Rooney has done a <laughs> really good job. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll say that because, I mean, really, who would ever thought, oh, Wayne Rooney is a manager? Like, Not me. What does Wayne Rooney want to do managing? I still can't really figure out what Wayne Rooney wants to do managing, but he did it. He did do a good job this year for that group. Um, you know what? I mean, I'm just saying, if he doesn't want to stick around when they go down to League One, there, uh, there might be a yes. job opening next year at a team he's familiar with. In a league he's familiar with. Yeah. He does have championship experience. Oh, this writes itself. Oh, my goodness. And then see where um, uh, Frank Lampard fails up next. Jesus. Um, but yeah, um, end of the day, to me, Everton got exactly what they deserve. Um, could have put a few more on there. It really made them get what they deserve. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the relegation battle is... It, it's not a thrilling relegation battle, but the spot for that last relegation spot, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be that's gonna be a fight all the way to the end. And um, Everton are absolutely scrambling right now with six to play for them, only five left for Burnley. Yeah, this is a it's it's one of those things where I think I've probably said this before, but, you know, you know, we've seen teams for the big clubs. We've seen them be bad for stretches of a year to or to start a season where they're like chilling around 15, 16, 17. You know, Arsenal did it. Chelsea did it recently. And you're just like, ah, yeah, that's funny. But you, you don't ever think they're actually going down by by, you know, midway through the season. They're back up to like no worse than 10th. That's kind of how I felt with Everton this whole year, you know, and as you say, we're kind of laughing, but now it's like, there's no laughing anymore. This is, this is for real. Everton have a very real chance now to be relegated, which would be the most stunning thing I think to happen in this, uh, 2021, 22 season by far. So Everton have been in the top flight every year since 1951. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 70 plus years, 71 years since they've uh since they've not played in the top division. Wow. Good job, what, what a last month of the season we have set up for us. I am good job. Very... Good job, Lampard, Richarlison, and little picky. Oh my god. Oh good. Heavens. As we take a look at that table, uh, with City and Liverpool both winning, they stay one point apart. Um, City was able to narrow down the goal differential difference just a little bit. It's now four to the good for Liverpool. Excuse me. And uh, But those two will be fighting for the last five matches of the season to see who can claim the title. Chelsea still sits in third. Um, they're chilling. Arsenal are now in fourth. Uh, they are two points up on Tottenham for that final spot, both with five matches to play. Uh, United now sit, uh, as we pod this, six points back of Arsenal with one less match. If they do not win against Chelsea, 
If they, especially if they lose mm-hmm. to Chelsea on Thursday, their dreams of the top four are basically dead. That that's it's it's pretty much over at that point. Um, West Ham they are now eight points back of Arsenal. Uh, they're pretty much out of the running. Uh, and then Wolves are right there at 49 to round things out at the top. At the bottom of your heart, though, the relegation zone, Burnley, with one more match played, are two points up on Everton. Again, Burnley, five matches to go. Everton, six. Everton with a very tough schedule the rest of the way. Uh, Watford currently nine points from safety, Norwich 10. So Watford and Norwich just counting down the moments until they are officially relegated back to the championship. But it is, again, all eyes on Burnley and Everton. Uh, As we look at your weekend coming up here, again, Thursday will be United versus Chelsea at Old Trafford. You folks probably already know the result of that one. Uh, Saturday, 7.30 a.m., it is that match Wes talked about, Newcastle versus Liverpool at the St. James. Um, again, plucky little Newcastle trying to put a stunt in Liverpool's title aspirations. Plucky, plucky little Petra money. <laughs> yes, plucky little. But they put such a cute face on it in Eddie Howe. Uh, 10 a.m., Aston Villa versus Norwich, Southampton Palace, Watford Burnley, Wolves Brighton, and at 12.30, Leeds takes on Manchester City. On Sunday, 9 a.m., Everton Chelsea, Spurs, Leicester, and 11.30, West Ham, Arsenal. Big matches on Sunday. Big, big, big matches. Uh, And then on Monday at 3 p.m., it's United versus Brentford. No midweek matches next week with the Champions League going on. And again, to, uh, to go back to Wes's point about Premier League points in 2022, um... Liverpool are in first with 38 points in 2022. Newcastle are in second with 32 points. And then it's Man City at 30 and Tottenham at 28. Uh, So those would be your top four of uh, 2022. So the two form teams in the league matching up this week. Oh, boy. Oh, giggity. All right. And don't don't forget, Liverpool also still have Tottenham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not an easy run in. Um, of course, well, I guess I didn't really touch on Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham oh, yeah. are doing their damnedest to make it easy for everyone. They're just like refusing <laughs> to take shots on goal now. Apparently, so one day we'll shoot again. One day. One day we shall shoot again. <sighs> one oh, day. Ah, well. and, and just to prove how screwed up this league is, Tottenham's still in a good shot for a Champions League spot. Hell yeah. All they got to do is win the North London Derby, baby. Oh, go. man. All right. Mm. Speaking of shots, uh, there was a bunch this weekend, this week in the Champions League. As the semifinals have started, uh, we had Man City versus Real on Tuesday, Liverpool versus Real, Villarreal today on Wednesday. Um, Wow. Two two matches where I feel like the winner is like, damn, we 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 should have won by more. Well, what the hell happened here? Um City City maybe a little more so than Liverpool in this situation. City win 4-3 over Real. Uh De Bruyne getting things started off so quickly in the second minute, and Gabriel Jesus following up no not more than 10 minutes later. Look like City would be flying directly into the finals in Paris. But uh, Mama is that man again. Karim Benzema bringing, dragging Real Madrid's husking corpse into the game. He scores on the 33rd. Uh, City answers again through Phil Foden in the second half. Uh, Vinicius coming through two minutes later to make it again a one-goal difference. Silva in the 74th for City. Okay, it's 4-2. We're good to go. And then Benzema gets the penalty after a Laporte handball to give Real Madrid their third goal on the night. And now City have to go into Spain with just a one-goal cushion. Again, away goals do not matter. So it doesn't matter that Real got three. as like some big tiebreaker here. But... City, for all their domination on the night, come away with just a one-goal victory. 
again, Liverpool, sort of the same, but a bigger cushion. 2-0 winners over Villarreal. Villarreal held strong in the first half and did their damnedest, but eventually a Henderson goal that was eventually changed to a Villarreal own goal in the 53rd. Two minutes later, Mane strikes to make it two, and that was all she wrote. Uh, Liverpool, again, had more chances but could not finish them cleanly, but they will still be taking the two-goal advantage to Spain next week. Um, So, Wes, it looks like we are 90 minutes away from an all-English final match of the century. Part three, baby! Are, are, are we getting it? Is, is it happening? Um, I think you... I feel pretty damn comfortable you can go ahead and at least get the red side of this thing ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you, luckily, Jurgen Klopp doesn't think like me and he'll have them ready to go. But uh, (laughs) Villarreal, I think they wanted to come in, get this thing to 70 minutes and try to maybe squeeze a goal, if not play for a draw and go home. And then in true Liverpool fashion, strike twice in like a three-minute span. And off went the Reds. They cruised the rest of the way. Villarreal... Villarreal today never... And I'm actually watching the replay of that match right now as we talk. Villarreal like didn't even play anyone up the field like yeah. at all. <laughs> like they weren't even trying to go forward. <clears throat> there are so many memes of Allison Becker like just talking about how bored Allison must have been all day. <laughs> uh, no, they had one shot in the match, no shots on target. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much every time I look up in this match, the ball is in the Liverpool half, and that's pretty much what happened today. Um, so Liverpool doing a good job. They're up 2-0. They'll go to Villarreal. Um, and you know, just see if they can take care of business. Really, all they need to do is uh, they could suffer a 1-0 loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm just telling you, you ain't shutting Liverpool out. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> this is a team that finds ways to score. Um, in fairness, that's actually what happened in the uh, the round of 16. <laughs> that that's exactly they 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 went to Inter got a two 0 lead came back Inter got one and the, that was that was pretty much it yeah yeah um <clears throat> so I'm I'm feeling just as Liverpool fan very confident going forward here I be. think most Liverpool fans are uh, Villarreal just I'll see outside of maybe a, a a lucky set piece ball going in. I just don't see where they're breaking this Liverpool team down. Mm-hmm. And once it gets to the point where they have to try to step out and find some goals, Liverpool could absolutely put them to the sword mm-hmm. when it's said and done here. So uh, the Reds are 90 minutes from a chance to uh, play another European final in Gay Paris. Uh, we have won it there before. I believe it was 78, I believe we won it in uh, Paris. Maybe it was 78 or maybe it was like 80. I can't remember which. Um, but anyway, chance to go back. And uh, then the, the other one is who the heck are they going to play? City. City were so much better than Madrid on the night. I mean, it yep. wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. But, but, City spurned some chances, <clears throat> and Real Madrid have Kareem Benzema. <laughs> yeah, who honestly, and obviously, I'm a most solid guy. Benzema is the best player in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. And sorry to sound like a Europa. Phobo, whatever you want to call it. But the way I kind of see things is if you're the best whatever in Europe, that makes you pretty much the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it's, mm-hmm. oh, Liverpool's the best team in Europe. That means they're the best team in the world because, you know, they're better than the North Americans, the South Americans. They're just better. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but on the night, it, it, and in these two-leg ties, it doesn't always matter who the best team is. And 
Madrid just found ways to stay in the match, stay in the match, stay in the match. And then they come back there at the end and they, they don't get the job done, but they close the gap just enough that they have, they'll have every chance in the world going home. We'll put it that way. They have every Mm -hmm. chance in the world going home. Um, They need to win the match by two goals but even winning a match by one goal at the very least gets you to extra time where of course anything can happen. And then the probability of penalties goes up. That that's going to be, that's going to be a whale of one. That's going to be a whale of one. Um, It's one, one reason I'm thinking city may be vulnerable to drop some league points this weekend. Uh, having to having to play another one with Madrid, you know it's going to be high energy. It's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of really open, expressive play. And I mean, honestly, Madrid are going to have to come. They're going to have to come at them because they got to mm-hmm. score some goals. So, man, I said we're ninety minutes away from Liverpool versus either the the new greatest rival in Manchester City. Or the team that honestly we need a little payback because of that asshole Sergio Ramos. <laughs> You're not wrong. Try not to be. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a battle. Um, I mean, and now City have had to do this two rounds in a row. First they had to battle Atletico, and now they're having to battle Real. It's it's gonna be a fight in that last leg, and and again, until you've killed Real Madrid, they're never dead. Somehow, some way, they they find ways to hang around, and uh, that's that's what they're doing again here. And again, as you said, for Villarreal, you know maybe they get a lucky set piece bounce. Well, they're still down one, one goal to Liverpool in that scenario, at least. Real Madrid gets that one lucky goal early in the first fifteen minutes, and all of a sudden it's. <laughs> That he's gonna get tight. It's. I mean, if they can, if they can go and get that goal in the first twenty, it's nil nil. Yeah. And then you play exactly the way you want to play, mm-hmm. and see if it's good enough. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a it's been an extremely interesting Champions League run uh, for Real Madrid this far. Uh, amazing theater. What what a last month we could have of this this footballing season here in Europe. We're gonna get we're gonna have a race for the title. It looks like in the Premier League. Uh, by the way, Syria also also doing pretty well in that regard for for race for the title between Inter and uh and AC Milan. Um, we're gonna have Liverpool versus Chelsea part two in a domestic cup final. We might be having Liverpool City part trois for for the Champions League final after they've already finished their Premier League campaign. We're also going to get, you know, the race for relegation, the race for top four. Just, oh man, what a month we might be in for. What a month. So yeah, remember, when we th- remember when we thought that... Um... Oh, God. March was going to be so big for Liverpool. It's all like, oh, God, yeah. nothing will ever top this. It's like, oh, well, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember back Ooh. in January when we thought the Premier League race was over? I'll tell you, man, I can't believe people are saying that shit. But, you know. who, th- who would say such <laughs> a thing? I don't know. Luckily, some of us were there and ready to, ready hmm. to do what happened, brother. <laughs> man, make it happen, man. Make it happen. All right, well, let's hit the news and notes. Um, <laughs> um, this one, again, just, just you know, hashtag Thursday things. Uh, just about 12 hours after I said, oh, maybe Ten Hag doesn't end up joining Manchester United. David Ornstein and Laurie Whitwell, Manchester United appoint Eric Ten Hag as new manager. So uh, he will be going in there. Um, there was no release clause uh, from Ajax. There was an, uh, an agreement separate to the clause. Uh, he has signed a three-year contract with a fourth-year option. Um, he'll be bringing assistant uh, Mitchell van der Gag, uh with him from Ajax. Uh, and to his appointment, he says, it is a great honor 
to be appointed manager of Manchester United, and I am hugely excited by the challenge ahead. Um, he will be replacing Ralph Ranick, who had been working as an interim after Ole got the sack. And um, yeah, it's been uh, an interesting year for United. Uh, they may again be outside the top four. Uh, they did not last long in European competition. Um, and Wes, I know that you you kind of were have been saying going back a little bit to last summer. I just I just don't want United to get Conte. I don't want United to get Conte. I don't want United to get Conte. There it doesn't look like that's going to happen. They now have gotten Ten Hag. How do you see this shaping or 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 taking United in a direction with with this now official? Um, well, I mean, a few different things can happen here. You know, best case scenario is Ten Hag comes in. Uh, rediscovers the magic, fixes the culture. That's the real issue at Manchester United right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And within a few years, they're back among the uh, European elite. They're challenging for Premier League titles and trophies all over the place. I mean, that's best-case scenario. But, I mean, worst-case scenario is you know, all of a sudden he's just, the, he's the new hotshot flavor of the week manager. And, you know, he comes from the era de Vise where, I mean, who who cares if you're, who cares how great a manager you are? You're at Ajax, which has, uh, is basically like the Man City, the Chelsea of, um, of the Dutch league. You have more resources than everyone. Uh, and you and you use them, and you mostly win the league every year. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, sometimes, you know, we've seen over the years managers from other countries come in and can have issues adjusting to the Premier League. But some don't, you know. Um, but you know, really, even the 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 big two right now, Klopp and uh, Guardiola, you know, they both came in and had their growing pains. Uh, Ralph Rangit made the comment that United needs major, major work in the offseason. He said bringing in upwards of 10 players. It would be really interesting to see how United are open to attacking this offseason because if they seriously do think they need somewhere between 8 to 10 new players, that's a lot of offloading that they're going to have to do before they can bring guys on. Um, we still don't truly know who's in charge at United when it comes to transfers, when it comes to players, anything. It's such a dysfunctional organization that for however good Eric Ten Hag could be, it's not going to be anything that you can fix in one window or two windows or possibly even three or four windows. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So I think the best thing, honestly, to do is reserve judgment. You know, let's see how Ten Hag comes in and does this. Because, hell, all we were hearing a few months ago was how Ralph Ranick's this genius who's going to bring United into a new era. And, no, nah, man, <laughs> they, they still suck. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. You know, they, they've had some success with the Dutchman before in Ruud van Nistelrooy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe they're looking to strike, um, strike gold again, this time on the managerial side. Uh, but in Ten Hag, for all of his genius, there are going to be some growing pains. Let's see overall if United are, um, are patient enough to mm-hmm. not just lose their shit the first time they go on a two or three match losing streak. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, I think that's big for Manchester United coming up. It's, it's going to be a very interesting time. This seems like maybe their best manager or hire in a while, um, even depending on how you felt about Mourinho. So this is, this is going to be an interesting one. For sure. And again, let's see how much time he's given at United where 
time is uh, something of a luxury right now. Um, speaking of United, uh, and again, we, we love to make fun of Harry Maguire here on the podcast. We, oh, yeah. we really do. <laughs> um, please do not send him bomb threats, guys. Come on. Come on, guys. Like, there, 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 time and place, tone, all these things matter. Uh, Laurie Whitwell reporting police conducts sweep of Harry Maguire's house after Manchester United captain was targeted by a bomb threat. Um, so guys, just don't don't do this shit. This is stupid. And uh, you make fun of his forehead, make fun of his ability to play soccer, which is questionable at the mm-hmm. moment. Don't don't threaten to bomb his house. Come on. No. Don't be assholes. Just don't be assholes about that. Like keep it keep it to things on the soccer field. And then and then let the man just live his li- the rest of his life off the field in peace, please. Please. Thank you. Um, interesting piece of Chelsea uh, moving on at the end of the season from Simon Johnson. Uh, Antonio Rudiger will be leaving. Um, there have been talks he may be even going to Tottenham uh, to join uh, Antonio Conte's side. Um, he's our, he was one of the lowest paid senior players right now with Chelsea, uh, and it definitely looks like they will not be retaining his services so we'll see if he goes um he may even be going to a different club outside of england we shall see there uh and then a pretty good story from matt slater um discussing is the premier league the real european super league uh which just goes into a nice little dive on uh english dominance over the last five to ten years and how uh the the return of our english overlords is upon us and you know if we get if we get another champions league final west um where it's england against england which i think this would be at least three and four years uh and maybe uh and it's probably even more than that um certainly a very strong period of english dominance right now in europe as well as uh as well as fierce competition uh within the league itself Yes. All right. Um, Charlotte Harper writing for the athletic um, Paris Saint-Germain. We can hate each other outside, but on the field, we have to win. Um, One of the most dysfunctional sides, this side of United I have ever read about. Um, And not, not too much unlike their male compatriots, uh up down there in paris um what a what a piece of dysfunction this has turned out to be please go read it It is certainly worth your time again that's by charlotte harper writing out psg's women's team um so just just some fun stuff there um so that that is going to do it though for our soccer news for the week uh but now we get to pimp the athletic we love pimping the athletic here wes what you been reading this week that you want to dish out to our listeners? Oh, and a subject near and dear to my heart, Oliver K. The decline of Everton. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all about the decline of Everton. And Frank looks yeah. so sad. And I think you can almost, if you look really hard and squint your eyes, you can see a picture of Rafa Benitez with a little smile because he's taking the little club back down where they belong. Secret <laughs> um, agent Rafa. Uh, Amy Lawrence, Martin Odegaard, and the hillside pitch where his journey began. Uh, Martin Odegaard has seemed to come good at Arsenal this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this gives the background story to it. Um, a young man growing up in uh, Norway who ends up playing for. Uh, famous Real Madrid uh, before going on loan and eventually, I believe, being fully sold to the Arsenal, uh, where he has revived his uh, young career. He's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, Odegaard was a big-time subject of uh, a lot of speculation when he was 16. Um, thought that uh, thought that there was going to be a chance he actually came to Liverpool uh, because uh, apparently was mm. a big fan of Jurgen Klopp but ended up um, uh, by the time Klopp had got there, I believe he had already made the decision to uh, 
to go to Madrid um, because for some reason he just didn't have the same affinity for De Bruyne. <laughs> um, and then, Ed, I'm going to hit one that I think is extremely high on both of our lists. And Ed, it's just, uh, it's made for an extremely happy day for us. From our oh, yes. beloved writer from The Athletic, Mr. Andy Staples. Big Staples. At a time when the NCAA needed a visionary leader, it hired Mark Emmert. His <laughs> failures were plain to see, folks. Mark Emmert has announced he will step down as the president of the NCAA, effective after the school year 2023. And my God, the only response I can come up to this is, why the hell is he waiting so long? <laughs> yeah. Mark Emmert is a walking disaster. Yep. For literally anyone he runs or does anything more. I don't know. I don't know that much about Mark Emmert, but I know that he has totally turned the NCAA into the most toothless garbage organization this side of CONCACAF. And I, for one, am so happy, just so, so happy to see Mark Emmert go. And maybe now we can get around to figuring out a way to help make this great sport that we love so much in college football, that we can make it back to being at least a little more what it was. Mm -hmm. Or just at least the fact that everybody doesn't just despise the NCAA because they're complete morons. So suck it, Mark Emmert. Glad you're gone. Never, ever return. It is interesting because reading this piece, it's like it, it's hard to come up with the conclusion. And, and Stapes puts so much work into this. So much, so much love or, or hate, depending on how you want to go with it. Um, it it's hard still, I think, to figure out if Emmer was an idiot and, and just didn't see what was happening or if he was just toothless, because it talks a lot about or not a lot, but it talks some about how he tried to convince some university presidents that like, hey, maybe we should make some changes. And they're like, hmm, no. So but I mean, that's that's kind of your job at the as as the head of the entire organization. You you kind of you kind of need to be able to convince the people you are leading, hey, no, this is in the best interest of the, of everybody here, and he he just completely failed to do it. So, um, does not paint the university leadership in very good light either. Um, everybody, everybody, kind of coming out of this with a black eye, as they should. Um, and speaking of uh, ineffectual uh, man uh, commissioners. Uh, Evan Drellich uh, writing what the Yankees letter reveals about Rob Manfred's decision making. Um, the Yankees letter, quote unquote, was released this week. Um, it wasn't actually that much in it uh, based on how much hype was around it. Um, but Evan Drellich goes into a good thought process of the entire timeline and uh, Trying to figure out what uh, Manfred's decision making was, and um, not sh- not surprisingly, um, you know, not uh, not doesn't come out of this looking very good. I know, I know, shocker, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. re- really, really bad. Evan Drellich once again doing the Lord's work when it comes to Major League Baseball. Um, so yeah. Plenty of great stories out there on the athletic this week. This, this is just the tip of the iceberg, but what a mighty tip it is. Um, so go, go check those out there. Um, let's wrap up today's pod, Wes, with the watch for what you're watching. The week that was and the week that will be. You say I'm the worst watch for this week because I don't think I've actually watched television since the last time we potted. Amazing. Uh, it was. Man, I just had one of the busiest freaking weekends of my life. <laughs> At least it just seemed that way. I worked all weekend and I was off Sunday. And we were we were coming home on Sunday night. We were going to pop a movie or watch, we were going to watch something. And then we had some 
events that just took place, and we ended up getting home at like one in the morning. Oh no! <laughs> oh yes. And then I've been working, and I've been uh, getting ready for new work, and just oh man, I I, I am sorry to say, folks, I really have nothing to add to watch for this week. I ain't watched nothing. I'm, I said I'm watching the replay of the Liverpool Villarreal match tonight. This is the first time I've turned the TV on all week. <laughs> I don't really have nothing to add. Oh, well, I will say, hey, the new Shorzy uh thing is out. We did. Did we talk about that last week? The 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 new trailer, like the the, the, the locker room thing. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so, actually. Oh, well, that, that looked freaking great. Shorzy just does Shorzy shit. Enjoy it. It's Shorzy. Fucking Shorzy. Fucking Shorzy. I think it's going to be a Hulu May the 27th. Ooh, okay. Okay. It's on Crave. Crave's getting it the 13th, and I think Hulu's getting it the 27th. So so is this what we're doing now? We're getting, we're getting Letter Kenny at Christmas and uh, and Shorzy in the summer? <laughs> Shorzy's going to be our uh, Shorzy's going to be our Labor Day binge, I guess. Oh, amazing. Or Memorial Day. Sorry, Memorial yeah. Day binge. I always get Memorial go. Day and Labor Day mixed up. So. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I get those yeah. confused <laughs> quite a bit. Um, what was I? Uh, I'm trying to think. We we've been very busy here as well this past couple of days, so we haven't watched a ton of television. Um, uh, I've I've heard Moon Knight is actually getting very good over on the Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm excited to start watching that. Um, uh, and, and one more time, um, cause there's not many weeks left before, before it comes out. In fact, actually my calendar here. Yeah. I think it actually comes out next, the end of next week. Uh, oh. strange, strange too, baby. I'm ready for it. Whew. So excited. So excited. So, you know, just, I'm, I'm trying, I'm not even like watching any more trailers or anything. I'm not doing it, which I guess is not the point to watch for. Um, but I'm just, I don't, don't want any more. Just, I want to go in as, as clean as I can now. So very, very excited for that. Um, that is going to do it for this edition of the foreign affair podcast. Um, big thanks to all of you out there for listening to it. Uh, thanks again to anchor, which is powered by Spotify for producing this one. Uh, thanks to all our other podcast providers, including, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to drop us a comment, please check out the link in the description. You can send us a voice message, and if we use it, you'll hear it on the pod. Um, you can check out our social media as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am That's at it. Edward. Yeah, there you go. I'm at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, big stuff happening again next week. Uh, that we'll, be, we'll have Champions League final teams locked in. Those will be in. Um, we'll have another weekend of the Premier League under our belts. Just a couple more of those after this week. Um, so we are, we are careening towards goodness um but Wes, before we get out of here tonight anything else you want to add um <clears throat> college baseball is starting to uh get itself toward the nitty grit of the season mm-hmm. um whew, east carolina wins some games right now <laughs> they are the first team out Ooh. on the bubble we are number 65 on the bubble at this moment lost our first uh aac Series since 2018, I believe I saw. Oh my god, it's crazy! Yeah, um, this past weekend lost uh two or three down at UCF, so uh, Pirates got to get things going. Uh, we've had some nice little runs, but hit a little rough patch here in the last week or so, so Pirates got to get things going. But uh, man, college baseball, and I promise one day I might watch a major league game again. We'll see. One day, I believe in U.S. Bradshaw. One day. So with that, for my call and crime, West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 412 of the AFA podcast. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Amber Heard. Don't shit in the bed anymore, friend. Mm, Horrible, horrible witch of a woman.
you know what? If five years ago you would have told me that Johnny Depp was actually the super sane one in this relationship, I don't I don't know how I would have reacted to that. And yet here you know, we are. You know, our our friend Alexander once made it clear sometimes people shit on the outside of the toilet. <laughs>